everybody. Welcome to the Like David Project podcast. This is John Campbell. This is the seventh episode. Thanks for joining us again. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about the the conversation we had. Um, it's myself, James, and Matt this week. Um, as most of you know, a prominent member of this church, Cornerstone Foursquare in Phoenix, passed away this week. And that really, it was the first day back since the Sunday service, Tuesday morning, and we usually do our show right when we get in, or at least right when I get in, and it really kind of, it was a, it was a somber mood. It was hard to do a show because we were all dealing with, um, just in mourning, you, you know, and it's hard to do a show when you're in mourning. And plus, we all had personal things going on. It was just a real not... <laughs> we weren't feeling it. <laughs> so we prayed. And it actually turned into something extremely real, extremely genuine. Uh, this could be one of the best shows we've had. So uh, I hope you enjoy listening to it. Well, we talked about just how to get through those hard times, how to get through those times of mourning, the darkness, darkness being bad times. Matt starts us out, so I hope you enjoy the, the podcast, and uh, we'll see you all next week for our eighth show. So this today's a, a hard day for the, the church because we've lost an important member, uh, a great man of God, uh, Gene Trujillo, and it's a struggle because um, one minute he was seemingly fit and active and and caring for his wife and and then the next he's gone and and the suddenness with which it with which it happened has really uh, impacted the church uh, and it would be wrong to ignore that situation as we as we struggle with with his loss and also the the bigger question of why does something like that have to happen? Why why weren't the prayers answered? Why wasn't why didn't we see God working in the midst of all of that the way that we expected? You know, because we can look back and I, uh, if you look at the story of how it happened, you can see that God's hand was with Gene the whole time. You can see that God was merciful. You can see that God was preparing his kids uh, for their loss. Uh, and so we, we can see God at work, and yet we still prayed for his healing right up until the end. We still believed in the power of God. And so it's a struggle. It's a struggle to, to understand all of that. And I know that there are times like this that can drive people away from God and say, you didn't do what we expected. You didn't answer the prayers the way that we prayed them. Therefore, I don't know that I can trust you. But I... I think that's wrong. I think if you were had the chance to talk to 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 his family, you would see that they they knew that that God was at work throughout the whole process, make, making it or allowing it to happen in the, the best way possible for everybody involved. Which is strange to say, given that he died, and yet it was it was really what they what they would speak of. They would speak of God's mercy and God's hand through the process, giving them all the chance to say goodbye, giving them all the, you know, the, the, the freedom in their schedules to be able to spend time with him as he got closer to the end. So I hope that there, when we go through difficult things like this, we, it should allow us to see God at work and it should drive us deeper and deeper into his arms, into his mercy, because he does know how, 
how these things have to work out for the best. And I was reminded of that scripture, the, the, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and his mercies never fail. And so I went to study them in Ecclesiastes and my attention was drawn to the verse immediately before that. And it's Ecclesiastes 3.21 that says, This thing I will recall, and, and this one thing gives me hope, that the love of the Lord never ceases, and that his mercies never fail. And they're, that they're new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. And I just, I was encouraged that we may think we have everything figured out. We may believe that we're in control, that we have won ourselves some time and some some comfort and some some reward and yet something like this happens you know great loss and you realize all of that comfort that control that i thought was an, an illusion and what do you have left you have the reassurance that through it all god is with you that his love never ceases that he never leaves us that his his faithfulness endures. And I've, I've found hope in that. I can't explain the situation. I'm not satisfied by the answers. And yet, I'm driven back to that hope that we do have. That God loves us and doesn't give up on us. And we can trust on that. Trust in that no matter what happens. It's, it's been a struggle. Would any of you have any thoughts on that you can share on just the difficulty and then it, whether it's this situation or just how do you go through these hard things what uh, what is God doing in the midst of all of them like if you're listening to this podcast you might be thinking I don't even know this man that <clears throat> these guys are talking about and we want you to know that we were praying before we started the podcast and we We've been sitting here talking for an hour, not recording, just because each one of us are dealing with things in our lives. And we realized as we prayed that we all go through things and you might be going through something this morning as well and dealing with something hard in your life. And we realize that we all have that common uh, link with one another that uh, life has very hard things that come there is tribulation will come uh, to every life and so we realize that's what we should talk about today we should talk about it. how do you deal with hard times how do you get through the hard things of life and uh, we you know I, John calls our show 3DT sometimes three dudes talking and we don't say this morning we have the answers but we're saying that we've learned some things along the way and we want to talk about them as we've been talking about them already. Uh, how do we get through these things? And that brings up the idea of uh, the illusion of control. We, it's, it's, it's simply a myth and illusion that we think that everything is in control around us. That we think that if we just power up harder in the prayer area, if we power up, you know, in the Word, uh, you know, sometimes we think that... Uh, and even though those things do help, I'm not putting those things down, just sometimes they're just things that happen in our life that are beyond our control. And I think part of maturing in our walk with God and having a heart of David for God is the realization 
not everything is in our control. I know in the 12-step programs, they use the, uh, the moniker, uh, uh, accept the thing, I, I will accept the things that I cannot change, and I'll change the things that I can. And you know, I think there's truth in that, that there are things that happen in our lives that we have no control over. And that's what we deal with sometimes. Right. I could be completely wrong, but what I think is funny is that people who may not have much faith in God or, you know, don't go to church and don't pray and, you know, aren't spiritual, quote-unquote, people, when they go through hard times, I'm speaking from, in my own circles and people I've seen, they turn to God, whereas Christians can fall away, it seems like, mm. where, where, you know, unbelievers are more apt to turn to God in a hard situation. A believer may be more apt to fall away. Um, and I think it's just a good reminder for Christians that, you know, even though we do have protection from God, things still happen. We're, and there's nothing, and we just need to remember that the Bible says very clearly that God's not going to give us anything we can't handle. Mm -hmm. And it talks, you know, there's there's a whole chapter or a whole book written on Proverbs, you know, just in dealing with bad times or doing the right thing and that kind of thing. Um, but I just know <laughs> bad things happen to good people, yeah. <laughs> Christians and non-Christians. Yeah. I don't know that Christians are more likely to lose their faith, but there is a danger that there will be some yeah. that call themselves Christians yeah. that could walk away from it. And I'm reminded, we talked about this the other day, John and I, with some, some people, that uh, letter to, in Revelation where Jesus says, I wish that you were either hot or cold, and if, but if you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. And, and the thought is that when difficult situations come, come against us, when they're there is things we can't explain or understand. There is a tendency for that to drive us out of that lukewarm position. We can't be lukewarm in the face of, of hardship and, and death. And, and so it's either going to make us hot or cold, but it's going to reveal to us yeah. where we are. Yeah, yeah. I think John makes a really good point. It's like, you know, some call it a crisis of faith, you know, or why is it that there's that tendency... Sometimes, not everybody, but there are some who, when the when the going gets get gets tough, when it when it comes against them like a flood, I can't imagine turning my back from God. But there are some that have a real crisis in their life and do turn from God because they become embittered or they had a different you know a different idea of a different expectation. They had a wrong expectation, and when the world comes violently against them. They'll they turn they'll turn away from God, and I know that that's a real thing. I've talked with people who I know that I felt in my darkness that it's almost like a uh, the enemy comes trying to whisper those thoughts. God doesn't care about you. He sees what you're going through. He doesn't care about you. And in those times, I've had to go to the Word and say, No, this is what the Word of God says. I have to go to places like Psalm 91 and I just have to open it up and read it and know that there's no dark area, there's no dark season of my life, there's no night time when, when it's the darkest of all 
that God ever leaves me or forsakes me. Not mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Here's a verse that uh, might be helpful. This is uh, Jesus speaking uh, from John 16, and this is from the Amplified Version. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. And when you think about that, you think, okay, everybody has tribulation. Everybody has trials. Everybody has distress. And everybody has seasons of frustration. Everybody goes through those. And if we can just stop for a second and realize that Jesus said very, very clearly here, I've over the, I have overcome the world for you. Mm-hmm. I've overcome the world for you. How do we tap into that? How do we grab a hold of that when we're so depressed or so frustrated or, for, or so anxious that we can hardly think about the Word of God? We can hardly think about, about God. How do we tap into that when we know that Jesus has said, I've overcome the world for you? How do we hide ourselves in Him? How do we, you know, how do we reach out and appropriate the kingdom in a, in a situation like that? The best and only thing that comes to my mind, I'm sure you can correct me later, but we have to, we have to wrestle with God. We have to take those things to God prayerfully. And prayer is both expressing to God, but also listening from God uh, to what God has to say. And I believe that we have to, whenever we're unsure, unsettled, when we are in doubt, that's when we have to pray. If we, if we don't communicate with God, if we don't learn from Him, if we choose to think we, we knew better, then we'll, we'll walk away from the truth. We won't, we won't learn from Him. But if we can turn to Him in prayer and keep praying, and I, this is the principle that I think we sometimes overlook, we have to keep praying about something until we discover His peace. Until we've got to the point that we can release it to Him. And for a small issue, that may be a small prayer. But for a big issue, like loss or suffering or hardship, yeah. it might be a big prayer that's needed and yeah. a, a prayer that endures that suffering. But if we can keep going, we will dis- discover His peace and it's at that point, because where His presence is, where His Spirit is, there will be peace. Yeah. And so until we find ourselves in that point, we're still holding on to it. We're still, we're still struggling, and we still need to go back to God. Remember the story of Jacob wrestling with God. Uh, you know, I'm drawn, to, I'm, I'm drawn to the life of Jacob, and I think part of it is because my name is a derivative of Jacob, and Every time I read about Jacob, I think, oh my gosh, I've got so much Jacob in me, you know. And I remember the story of, and I've read it often, of him wrestling with God. Because he said, I won't, you know, I'm not going to let go until you touch me. I, he, was, he was wrestling, and it was, in, it was in the night. It was in the night season. It was in that time. Now, he was touched, it says, by the angel of God. And I think our seasons of darkness and our wrestling with God... We'll come out of there, but we come out with a limp. 
In other words, we have that manifestation of that God did touch us. And I think, you know, it, it reminds me of the phrase, never never trust another man that doesn't walk with a limp. And that's referring to that. It's referring to the idea of, you know that this man has wrestled with God until he was touched by God. And he, he, was, life marked. Was, he was marked and his life was changed from that day forward. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the ways that we get through hard times is we find people who have wrestled with God as well. And we can learn from what they've learned. And it's one of the things that we tend to do when we go through frustration and distress and turmoil and tribulation is we isolate ourselves. And I think that's one of the things that we need to guard against is not isolating. Don't be alone if you're going through frustration and hurt and discouragement and depression. Don't be alone. Reach out. Pick up a phone. Call someone. Go be with other people. Yeah. Yeah. And the dissatisfaction that we feel in moments like this. It wasn't what was supposed to happen. It wasn't the way, the way this is meant to work. That dissatisfaction is supposed to be driving us yeah. to then seek after God until we find Him. Until we get that realization. Until we're there. You mentioned earlier that people's expectations are wrong. Yeah. And that's what we have to realize. Our expectations yeah. of how God works and what God is going to do are wrong when we think that he's failed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, faulty expectations kill us every time. Yeah. It's like, I, have, I went into this situation with this person expecting that this would be the results and it didn't happen that way. Therefore, I was totally thrown off. Yeah. Or I expect that my life is going to be, I have this expectation that my life is going to be this way. And then when something happens in life that changes that, and I realized, no, my life is not going to be that way. It wasn't that God wasn't in it. It was that I had a wrong expectation. Yeah. Yeah. And let's, I think that we still struggle in the church in that area when it comes to money, when it comes to success. We think that when God says, my plans are to prosper you, give you a future and a hope, we think yeah. we think we are guaranteed, therefore, yeah. success in every business venture that yeah. we undertake. Yeah. Never ignoring the fact that we, we don't know that we started it with the right expectations in mind or that we heard God say, yeah. this is what you are going to do. Yeah. Yeah. We just assume that because we're there, yeah. that that's exactly what. God has in plan has in store for us, and there is a danger to that teaching. Yeah. God becomes then a a divine wish granter, a divine Santa Claus, genie God, the genie, yeah, yeah, that is in our bottle that we can control, yeah. and when we need him, we'll rub the lamp, and he pops up and grants our wishes. Yeah. And that is that is not the God that we serve. Our God is the God who looks down from the heavens and laughs at the plans of men, yeah. and he does whatever he pleases. We're either with him or against him. There is no middle ground. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I, I remember that, you know, in difficulty and in, in, in hardship. I remember that, that it's our God who's in control. It's not me. It's not what I wanted. It's not, not what I expected. It's our God that, that is working these things, these things out. And that's a point of faith. Can you submit to a God like that? Yeah, so, like, what is my responsibility? If God is sitting up in the heavens, 
and looking down at my plans and saying, I hope that's going to work out for you. Or asking the question, how did that work out for you? When, when we realize that, that many are, the plans of a, uh, the, uh, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so I know that there is a prevailing purpose of God. I know there's a kingdom purpose for my life. And therefore, I will try to do everything I can to commit my way to the Lord and He will direct my path. I will, I will submit everything that God has, has shown me throughout my life and I will try to walk on that path. But I realize that I can. it's very easy for me to come up with that expectation of what the results of that, can, of that are going to be. Where, what is my responsibility before God? What, what, what do I do? I think the clearest answer that I get drawn back to, and it's one of the hardest things to learn, but in the book of Ecclesiastes, the preacher who's teaching the book has done everything he possibly can under the sun and discovered that it's all pointless. It's all meaningless. Everything, every good plan that we could make is completely meaningless. And at the end of the book, in one sentence, he sums up, what then is man supposed to do? Fear God and keep his commandments. Yeah. Fear God and keep his commandments. Every, everything else is subservient to that. Yeah. Comes second. There's nothing that matters outside of that. And yet that myth of control is that we think all of those other things that we can do matter. Until you face with a situation that is utterly and completely beyond your control. Yeah. And then you realize it was all pointless. Yeah. Fear God and keep His commandments. And so every day I can wake up and I can say, Lord, I'm going to totally commit my day to you. I'm going to live in the moment. I'm going to live purposefully. Everything that I've learned in walking with you, everything that I've learned from your word, I will apply, I will apply that living one day at a time, one moment at a time, and I'm going to get up and I'm going to, I'm going to work through this day knowing that you're going to unfold things in front of me. You're going to give me opportunities. You're going to give me, there's going to be things for me to do, and I'm going to totally trust you. I'm going to fear God. I'm going to put my respect and my honor in you and in your word, and I'm going to live purposefully and intentionally knowing that no matter what comes my way today, that may discourage me or tempt me or try to knock me out, I know that you're with me. I know that I have overcome the world as you have overcome the world, that you've overcome the world for me. I know that the kingdom is, is advancing. I know that the kingdom of God is, is near. I know that the kingdom of God is to be appropriated by me. And that's what I'm going to do today. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to trust that you are with me. Do not fear, for I am with you. You've said that over and over and over in your word, and that's where I'm going to live today. Yeah, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to advance the kingdom in my own life. I'm going to try to uh, follow your example. I'm going to try to obey your words. I'm going to do everything I can. And in the end, that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized that we can't control it. Um, I know it's... <clears throat> I know it's... Uh, uh, a lot of people say this, but it's really true for me that 
just to think of, and I, maybe it's because of the way I was raised, just thinking of what other people have to go through and then realizing in yourself that's not that bad. Um, and that's what, that's what gets me through hard times as well. It's just to, you know, think about, you know, I just, I just hear a lot of these stories about, let's just watch that, that cheesy Christian movie about the girl that got her arm cut off. Soul Surfer? Yeah. It, it was cheesy. cheesy. Yeah, that's your review. Cheesy. <laughs> cheesy. Double cheese. But it was, it was a true story. Yeah. You know, it was a young girl that got her arm cut off. A bit yeah. off by a shark, right? Yeah. And it's things like that where you're like, who deserves that? You know, what 10 year old girl deserves her arm cut off? So are you yeah. saying that I should look at my situation and say, well, at least I didn't get my arm. I do. Bit, like, I turned off my shark. At least I got my health, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. At least I can, you know, at least I have three meals a day and, and I have a bank account, you know. Yeah. Well, that's important. It yeah. sounds. It sounds almost flippant to say it, but yet it's the truth. There, there are Christians right now, this minute, that are in fear of their life because of the political system that they are a part of. Yeah. And we struggle because our economy wobbled last week, and we wonder whether our four hundred one ks are going to be secure. Right. You have to have perspective on these things. You have to. You have to recognize that God is, you're not in control, God is in control, yeah. and you can face any of these things. We're no different than those Christians. Yeah. And were we in that situation, we would have the strength and the grace and the courage to face death. But we shouldn't allow ourselves then, in the midst of uncertainty, to then question our God. It almost seems ridiculous. Yeah. Uh -huh. But that's what happens when we get our eyes on our own situations and yeah. can become consumed by how difficult things are for us. And I don't, you know, the, that's why that's why deaths are important to us. We begin to look back on lessons that are really important. What are the things that really matter? Yeah. And it, in Gene's life, he was his life was a life of service. His life was a, lived before God, not needing any attention, any recognition, any reward. It was simply obedience. It was simply fearing God and doing what He said. And what a great testimony. That's why His life was important to us as a church. Yeah. We all saw Him putting that into practice day after day after day. We uh, earlier were talking about... Uh, uh, in Ecclesiastes, for every, uh, it was talking about the different seasons of life. And I think that's another thing that is helpful is to understand that our lives are seasonal. And in the same way that maybe we live in Arizona, we don't sense and know the seasons. Like if you live <laughs> yeah. We all have two seasons. Yeah. 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 Hot, hot and hotter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hot and hotter. If you lived in New England or the Pacific Northwest where... You see the change in the seasons. Uh, you know, uh, it's August here, and I feel it. I feel the changing of the season. It's like when you live in the desert for long enough, you start feeling and sensing the change in the season where other people wouldn't know it or sense it as much. 
But our, I think God gave us the seasons to remind us that seasons come and go. Seasons do change. And I think it's important for us to get through our trials and tribulations and seasons of distress and discouragement uh, to realize that to every season there is a turning. And, you know, that famous verse, and it came to pass. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that, that comes our way, it's seasonal and it will change. And we need to realize if I'm discouraged today or if I'm depressed today or if I'm having a tough financial time right now or, or uh, I, I'm grieving or, you know, the, there's a process and a season to every activity under heaven and that it, it will pass and it is a season. And I think we can take uh, heart knowing that I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to get through this, even though right now I may be, it seems like at the, just the, the peak of pain, uh, it's, it's going to subside. And in time, it's, it's going to change. The season is going to change in the same way that there's day and night, in the same way that there's seasons, spring, fall, summer, and winter. Uh, that's going to happen in my yeah. life with what I'm facing right now today. Yeah. yeah. I have a thought on that scripture. It's something that I heard a long time ago. Thanks to when we think of that scripture there, for everything there is a season, for there is a time for every purpose. We all start in our minds humming the birds song, <laughs> turn, turn, turn in our, in our mind. And it's so melodic and beautiful. But somebody once pointed out that if you think of Ecclesiastes, everything was futile. The whole point of the book was that everything that he attempted was boring and pointless. And so we sometimes misread that. We should almost read that scripture. It was time to give, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot. And it's like he's going over and over again how pointless everything is. And yeah. it's like, man, I had to do this, and then I had to do this, and then I had to go back and do this, and then I had to do this. And, and it was futile. But right after that is a verse that says, God made everything appropriate in its time and he set eternity in their hearts in their hearts so that man will not uh, let me rephrase that he set eternity in our, in our hearts so that man can discover what God's purpose is yes. and so in the midst of all of that yeah. that rhythm of life that can almost wear us down yeah. after a while yeah it can beat us down he put eternity on our hearts so that we could discover that He was there too, and there was a purpose to it, yeah. and it gave meaning. Yeah, and it went further. Yeah, you have it there in front of you, the verse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is what's the phrase about every purpose under he- under heaven? Uh, and this this is the NASB. It says there is a time for every event under heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really beautiful part of that is that it's the purpose again it comes back to our sense of purpose in our lives yeah which by the way the birds even though I'm a total child of the 60s and rock and roll it wasn't their song it wasn't their song oh I knew you'd correct me yeah. who was it was well, it well Pete Seeger was singing in the folk and I only know this because I've been like on this banjo kick <laughs> and uh, and folk music and old time music but Pete Seeger I think was maybe one of the first ones and Bob Dylan actually before 
I, I, I wanted to sing Dylan. I knew you'd correct me. Bobby. No, I'm not going to. We, we, I sing the birds one. I sing the birds one, too. <laughs> I, yeah. The birds and the jingle jangle of the 12 string. That's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened a lot of Bob Dylan lately. Yeah. Yeah. The it's answer, my time. friends, is blowing in the wind. Yeah. yeah. Bob Dylan is good music for bad times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's another element. If we were saying point number one, point number two, point number three, yeah, so I think we're up to about five or six. <laughs> Bob Dylan can help you. Blonde on blonde. Blonde on blonde. There you go. <laughs> Bob Dylan. So if you've gotten through all these other things and you're still feeling a little low, get you get you. Get you some Bobby. I don't know. It makes it worse. (laughs) (laughs) Pull out some Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. I love that album. Man, but we come back to that. Just it's all we can trust in God. We can trust in God, and you can. And these things prove to us that we can trust in God because life goes on. You know, and you, you have to yeah. you deal with the repercussions, and yet somehow you're given the grace to work through it, yeah. and it passes, and the next obstacle rears its head, and yeah, yeah, God is faithful. Yeah, and there is there is you know life after death. You know the the idea that uh, we started the, the podcast with talking about you know the loss of our dear friend. And how it was affecting us, and because that's what we talked about before we pressed record, we were kind of dealing with it. And uh, uh, my father and my mother both have uh, gone on to be with the Lord, and they're both Christians. And so I know what it feels like to work through that process, and to know that you'll get through it. And it's not just with the passing of a, a loved one, but it's it's getting through a season of frustration and getting through trials and tribulations. Uh, not that we don't think about it, not that we don't go back to it and have our times of thinking about it, and you know we do, but but we figure out a way to live beyond that. Mm-hmm. It gets better. Yeah, everyone. I hate to compare this to a death because that sounds really rude, but. Like, I think one of the most depressing I, there was a, like my first love and I, like I was so depressed and I remember feeling so bad for like a month and I thought it would never change it was the first time I felt that and I thought it would never get better and it was like time was the enemy and then all of a sudden you wake up and it's good same thing with the death though you know if you're affected by a death and I mean that's more of a physical emotional mm-hmm. state but in time it's you know the season will change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's only time. They'll do it. Yeah. And I think honest people live in, in the season. They recognize what's going on. Yeah. And they deal with what that season is presenting them with. And, and it's also important not to, you know, engulf yourself into that season. If somebody died, and I mean, sometimes I mean, I could be wrong, but don't you think there's a point where it might be too much, where it's a negative thing to? It's important to, like you said, be around people and do your part. 
you know, turn to God, pray, listen, hear. You know, if you don't do those things, I think it's pretty, I'd be bold enough to say, you're, you're extending your time, you know. Um, your, your, your expiration date on when you're going to feel better might be a little bit longer. I would, I would, I would guess. Yeah, you're, uh, you're extending your own time in the penalty box. Right. Yeah. So it's important to yeah. seek God, seek yeah. friends, seek love. Yeah, and get that peace. If, yeah. You know, if you're not seeking yeah. after the peace of God, then, then yeah. But, but it'll, it'll take different amounts of time and different amounts of prayer in every situation. And so we can't say, well, you've, you've spent too long grieving because... That's know, hard like, too. Yeah. But what we, you have a responsibility to come alongside other people in order to have them encourage you. As the other person, you also have a responsibility to be the encourager and to, you know, and to, to walk with someone through something. Yeah. And sometimes it's we we find ourselves in a season of hardship because we're living with the consequences of decisions we've come up to. In other words, I'm I'm living in the product of a whole bunch of decisions that I made that maybe were not good decisions in the past and I'm reaping the whirlwind right now I'm reaping what I've sown Mm -hmm. and so there's that phrase how long you suffer is up to you there is a there is a point sometimes when God is getting our attention because of the way we've lived and he it's because he wants us to tune up he wants us to recalibrate he wants us to adjust and and make changes and we're we're finally realizing I need to make a change and we start making that change, but we're still finishing out that season of the consequences that I've made. Like for example, finances, I got myself into debt. And so now I'm dealing with the, the pressure of getting, digging out of that hole. And I'm just using that as an example. It could be anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, smoke cigarettes with your health. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just the way you live your life. A, a lot of things are reaping so. Yeah. And you can pray for deliverance from those things. You can pray for God to wipe it all away. But more often than not, God wants us to be working while we're praying. Um, and and overcoming those things a little bit at a time. Because it makes us stronger. If you were just to uh, cause all of the consequences to disappear one day. Awesome. Would we really? It would be awesome at first, but would we really? Would yeah. we learn anything? Yeah. yeah. Or would we be like, well, I could yeah. do it again, yeah. and then I'll pray, and it'll all be gone. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that the reason why, when we first get saved, there are things that totally drop off, and then there's other things that we're going to work on the rest of our life. Yeah. And we go through that. You know, we're making that paradigm shift. Of, oh man, I've become a Christian now. It's sunshine and happiness and. Wait, what the, you know, because yeah. we've, we've realized, oh my gosh, I, I still only have to deal with that. And that's why a lot of new Christians have that initial crisis because there's so many things. Man, I quit taking drugs and I stopped doing this and this fell off and, oh, but I'm still struggling with this or that. And that's why I think it's important for a new Christian to know that it's a process. Mm-hmm. I don't know, i just seen a lot where someone will accept they'll set false expectations for themselves Mm -hmm. and they'll accept the Lord as their their Savior and sometimes there's an instant transformation a miracle but sometimes might be unhealthy and you know completely try to change our life and it sets them up for for failure and then three days later 
you know, you're back in the same old rut. Be realistic about yeah. what you're going through and seek advice and seek counsel. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's why we have this sneaking suspicion that um, the way that we've done salvation calls in the past has not been completely honest mm-hmm. because we make people. Uh, uh, bring people to a point of emotional decision without having really conveyed the truth. Hey, by the way, you make this choice, things will be great, and then something will happen. Mm-hmm. Something will come up, and you're going to be presented with the opportunity to, to test what you know, to walk through what you, you know, the help that God is providing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, we don't, we haven't always been good at communicating that to yeah. people. Come join the faith, everything will be sunshine and roses, your life will be put back. Well, that's true until the first obstacle throws its head up. Then what? No wonder people's expectations of God are sometimes wrong. Um, It's, I know it's getting off topic, but it's the same, it's the same principle. Do we, do we teach people that God will not remove difficulty from your life? Things won't be easy all the time. But he'll walk you through it. You can trust in his love to, to remain steady and unchanging. That his mercy will never run out on you. Yeah. Or do we set people up to think that everything will be fine if I just say the prayer? Yeah. I don't know. The first one. I know what we should do. I just wonder what we what we actually do sometimes. And it, it everything might be fine until you know you go through something really tough and then you realize Am I being honest? Have I, have I been honest? And I think that's a, I know this is kind of taking it to a different level, but I think that's a benefit of, not all, but just at least our church, a smaller church, where if, you know, somebody is going to make the decision to be a Christian, there's going to be a lot of support, which is important, you know, and I think that you need to have somebody walk you need a mentor you have to have somebody to help you show you how to how to be a Christian I think that's really important I mean I guess it's not a necessity it's almost a necessity well it's more of a necessity than we might think because we're instructed do not neglect the fellowship of other believers as is the habit of some as is the habit of some yeah bear one another's burdens we're instructed in those things and yet it's the one thing people think with their special relationship that they have with God. It's the one thing they think they can dispense with. Mm-hmm. Because they, me and God, we have a special way of dealing with things. I hear that so often. I've heard it more and more, too. Yeah, I do. And, and you know, you become an island unto yourself. And I always think of that principle that God gives you the desires of your heart. We read that and we're like, oh, cool. Yeah. God will give us what's in our heart. But if your heart is... To abandon him. <laughs> if yeah. your heart is to not need him and to walk away from him and to have things all your own way, guess what? You get what you desire. Yeah. You, he, he lets you go. He lets you walk. He lets, yeah. you, lets you do it your own way. Yeah. It's a warning as well as a blessing. Yeah. You were telling me the other day of one of the books you were reading, uh, the guy was talking about uh, walking away from the Lord and he didn't realize how easy it was really going to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. a sobering thought. Yeah, guy who decided. If you really want to go, he'll let you go. Yeah, he expected 
that God would judge him and that, you know, there'd be bolts of lightning and yeah. warning sounds from heaven. And he's like, it was like the easiest thing I ever did was to walk away from God. Yeah. But God gives, us, God gives us free will. He gives yeah. us the chance. If we don't want him, then, yeah. then he'll get, he'll, I don't think he enjoys it. I think yeah. his heart gets broken. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's upset. I, yeah. um, but, but he, he, let us have what we want. That's how much he loves because us. Because he loves us. Yeah. yeah. He'll let us have what we want. Yeah. So true. Walking away from God is very easy. Yeah. I just remember my own personal life, my own testimony. Uh, being on the work, this is probably four years ago, five years ago, and I left the church. I didn't officially leave the church. I just slept in and didn't go to church <laughs> when I was supposed to play guitar. Because I was out partying the night before, and so my alarm didn't go off. And I, I woke up, you know, at noon, officially decided that I can't go to church anymore because I don't want to deal with it. And within weeks, my life was different. It was just completely... I mean, it was just a cup. I mean, and, and I had... People call me, and just a couple missed calls, things were changed. Yeah. You know, it was really easy, and it wasn't, I'm not saying it was fun or good or, you know, you, you know, it always seems fun at the beginning. Like, oh, now I don't have to wake up early on Sundays. This is great. You know, <laughs> like, and then there was a definite, I mean, I could go into that for a long time. It's definitely a negative thing. But it is, in short, it is easy to walk away. That's yeah. for sure. And it could happen in a, in a, but you know what? But you're back playing guitar in church again on Sunday morning. That was another thing. I, How did that happen? How did you come back? I don't know. I couldn't, you know, I, I was allowed. I remember that when I came back and I felt so bad. I remember, and to me it was this huge thing that I was battling when I decided that I wanted to go back to church. And I really, I really wanted it. And it was just like, like we were talking it was a season in my life that you know it was a perfect storm and I just wasn't strong enough in my faith and I, I failed and I knew it and I'd gotten myself in trouble farther than I wanted to be and I I called Matt and Jody and within a week there I mean I, I was allowed to play guitar and I couldn't believe it and it was kind of surreal to be able to not only it was kind of prodigal sonish because I was not only allowed to come back not that I didn't think I would be able to come back but I came back to open arms and have been here ever since but it was pretty godly moment you know that, that month or two to be able to come back and you know dive right in and you know be able to get the support that I needed and be able to tell my story with you and other people and and just to turn back to God was it was a very spiritual thing, emotional thing. I think the lesson of the prodigal son is that when we're repentant, we're forgiven. Mm -hmm. And at that point, whatever we did yeah. no longer deserves any more punishment. Yeah. God doesn't hold anything else against us. Otherwise, Jesus' sacrifice wasn't enough. Yeah. But it was. It was more than enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so, if you repent, if you turn back and say, Whoa, I blew it and I missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah. And 
then what more punishment can there be? Yeah. You know, you've yeah. Jesus bore it all. And, and you know, I know I keep asking you, you the question, but you just brought that up. Mm-hmm. During that season, was the Holy Spirit there? Was did you sense the Holy Spirit drawing you and wooing you and I mean, were there, were there, even during that season, were there times when you felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to you to draw you back? I mean, something happened that one day you would pick up the phone or whatever it was, however it happened, that you came back. Yeah. I, um, I couldn't turn my back on God. I couldn't say, if somebody asked me, and I, and I really, I'm an addict. I was in a bar as much as possible but even if somebody turned to me as much and, and asked me do I believe in God I couldn't deny God I just I knew I was away from God I was quote unquote backsliding even though I hate that term mm-hmm. I was doing my own thing I turned from God I wasn't in prayer I wasn't in the word I wasn't in worship I wasn't in fellowship I wasn't accountable to anybody but I could still sense the Holy Spirit and then I didn't sense the Holy Spirit. And that's what turned me. When I realized, when I had gotten so far in my own sin that God was no longer there and that I couldn't even look myself in the mirror anymore, mm-hmm. I knew that scared the crap out of me because I'd gone 28 years yeah. having God by my side yeah, yeah. or feeling God, even in bad times. And that's, and that's what brought me to my knees. And that's when the Holy Spirit came back. And I, and I begged for forgiveness or mercy. And it was there. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceasing in your life. His right. mercy not coming to an end. Right. His love never fails, never gives up, never gives out. You experience that. Yeah. Yes. But with everything... There's a lesson learned. And I feel going through that because there's a huge epidemic in this in, in America of people being raised in the church and then turning from God when they hit the drinking age, you know, or the, the age where they want to have, you know, premarital sex and they just turn from God because they know these things aren't of him. And so it's easier just to do your own thing. And it is an epidemic. I mean... Tons and tons. I mean, the majority of youth turn, and so to to go through that and to be able to come out on the other side is a great testimony. To to actually turn and then realize, wow, that's not the right way. You know? Yeah, we all have to learn it one way or another. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. some people refuse to learn it other than by their own experience. In fact, I. I don't even know where it comes from, but I just remember there's a, a, a quote that I've used before. It says that uh, it's it's only common sense when we learn from our own mistakes and our own experiences. It's just common sense at that point. But true wisdom is learning from the experience of others as well, being able to see see these things happening in the lives of others before almost the need to have to go through it, deal with all those consequences and all of that. And that's what we hope. That's why we give our testimonies yeah. of what God is doing, so that someone might learn from our own mistakes, yeah. from our mistakes, sorry, before they have to commit their own. <laughs>
my strength and song till the battle's won. Cause your face to shine upon us. Stretch your hand to save. Our God never fails. Nothing is.